2: Hello and welcome to Stop Hammer Time, the first Stop Hammer Time of the season. Uh, I'm Jim Grant and I'm not Phil Whelans, uh, who's not with us this evening. He's he's busy. Uh, I couldn't be bothered. I don't know. He's doing something. I think he's having quite a stressful week, to be honest. Bless him. Um, uh, Anyway, joining me this evening are are a pair of Marks. Uh, We have Mark Sandell.
0: Good Uh, evening, Jim.
2: Uh, uh, radio producer, is that is that how we would yeah, uh, Podcast canceled? radio
0: producer, yes. Uh, self-made man. Yeah, <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Mark
1: Gower, uh, educator and all-round good, good egg, I would say. How are you, Mark? Thank you, Jim. Yeah, really good. It's chaotic in the house here today. We've got decorators in. Oh. We had A-level results. So my daughter got her oh, yeah. A-level results. So there's celebrations. Thankfully, Good. happening in the other room, and it's her birthday um, tomorrow as well. So it's chaotic, wow. and that like, we've we'll got onto, and that impacted why I can't go up this weekend to Newcastle. But we'll talk about that later. We will, we cool. will. Um, just before, so tonight we are
2: going to be uh, obviously talking about some of the pre-season games, um, the uh, the frenetic transfer activity that has been uh, going on. I can't keep up with it really. Um, uh, looking ahead to Newcastle, uh, maybe one or two other things as we, as we go along. Um, but just before we get going, uh, I need to tell you that uh, we are brought to you in association with Beer 52, and they have an offer. So the return of football is always worth celebrating, and Beer 52 are generously offering free beer to you while watching your team from the comfort of your home. They are offering eight craft beers, sourced and curated from the best breweries on the planet for free. All you need to do is go to www.beer52.com. That's the word beer and the numbers, 52.com forward slash West Ham and just cover the five ninety five for the postage. They are, Beer 52, one of the, uh, the world's most popular craft beer discovery clubs with over 150,000 members. Uh, they send a brand new case to every month, and I should know because I'm one of them and it's jolly good. Every month's case has a different theme uh they've included in the past beers from new zealand south africa all over the usa and europe Uh, as an independent british company beer 52 are passionate about the uk craft beer scene which they continue to support and have continued to support throughout this difficult period if dark beer is not your thing you can simply choose the light option and your case will come with the award-winning beer magazine ferment and a tasty snack don't worry though if you do change your mind you can pause or cancel your account at any time so just go to beer52.com forward slash West Ham to get your first case of eight beers for five ninety five. pounds 95 That's beer52.com forward slash West Ham. There we go. Uh, and, and off we go.
1: Um, uh, did you go to the uh, Atalanta game, guys? No, I didn't get to go. I've seen the highlights though, Jim. I've seen the highlights of actually all the games. Yeah. But so I didn't get to go to any, unfortunately. Mark, what about you? you uh,
0: unfortunately, I was uh, in an airport uh, heading back from Greece for my oh. uh, uh, for my birthday surprise party, but I was watching right. it over the shoulders of both my boys who were watching a live feed of it on their phones in the airport. Right. So if that, yeah, wasn't, I wouldn't exactly describe myself as close to the action, Jim. <laughs> but, but I gather we won. Uh,
2: we did, we did. Uh, actually, quite comfortably in the end. Um, uh, uh, we went. Phil and I went. Um, and uh my daughter's uh partner, uh, Luca, who's Italian, um, and has got a season ticket this season, um, with us, came along as well. And he he reckons, you know, he's he's followed Italian football very closely. Um, and he reckoned Atalanta a decent, decent team. And actually, um, you know, I thought we played we played pretty well as we have done in, in most of these um preseason games. Celtic was an absolute romp. Um uh and I went to Brentford, uh, which was you know we had a good 20 minute spell um uh, against brentford uh, and then got a kind of a winner a, a slightly out of the blue a kind of a, a really special goal from uh, uh from ben Rama. um and he's carried on he carried on the form you know he was he was i would say you know best player on the park in the first half definitely um fornald had a, a playing out left had a fantastic game as well um and we looked you know we looked to threat they they were very narrow um and and that seemed to suit us really so we contained they didn't really threaten much at all so it was a bit of a felt a bit like a training game it wasn't one of those intense pre-season friendlies but um you know yeah it, it's 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 on it's momentum isn't it you know it's morale boosting stuff i suppose
0: what do you think we can deduce from that pre-season? And we've we've played seven games. I don't think we've beat. We, we haven't lost any of them. Uh, we, no. we, we Without our sort of, I don't know, for want of a better phrase, our big Euro four uh, who weren't there. It was a shortened pre-season break anyway, A, because of Euros, but also because of the COVID season and all of that kind of thing. Yes, of course, it's much better to have seven unbeaten games than seven losses but how much can we really take away do you think Jim? I,
2: I don't think you ever read too much into pre-season games I think we probably all remember the last time we were I mean, it might not have been the last time but certainly a recent time when we were unbeaten uh, throughout pre-season was under Avram Grant so and we all know what happened then so um I think it's good to get through with no major injuries I think that's uh, we've got old Bonner got got a knock but he I don't know what the state of play with is, but I think he seems to have been back in, in some form of training. Um, I think we look good. We just look sharp. We, we, we're we playing we're playing nice football. Um, I, I like the fact that Coventry has come in and looked the part. Um, seems to have sort of filled out a bit and grown a bit. Because you know, he was
0: going um, to go on loan, wasn't he? There was a, yeah, and they've there was kind of changed was... their
2: mind about that. I think Moyes, Moyes quite rates I him. And he looks assured and composed in that kind of deep midfield role. Um, whether or not he's got the kind of energy and, and stamina to be able to ably deputise for Rice and Suchek is another question. Um, the new boys, the boys coming back in, the Czechs and, and Rice did look a little bit you know, uh, um as if they <laughs> were, were were coming back off their holidays. But then Rice just raised his game. There's about sort of twenty minutes for half time, Rice just kind of lifted it, you know what I mean? Suddenly started getting getting his putting his foot in and 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 um uh distributing the ball and, and driving forward, you know, as we know he can. So yeah, I mean, you know, the first team looks looks okay, it looks good. But mm. um I think, you know, the the issue is the depth of the squad, and it's been that you know, that's that we keep coming back to this week after week. Last year, you know, um, uh, we, we were told that we didn't replace Ale as a, as such. We were obviously Lingard came in uh, in January, um, on the basis that you know, the, the kind of saving our power, keeping the powder dry for the summer. But so far, it doesn't really seem to be much well, in I the way of the at
0: yeah. all.
1: Yeah. Well, I think, I think you're right. Sorry, Mark. I think you're right, Tim, that we don't get carried away with pre-seasons because uh, I remember like, the season before the last season at Alton Park, we were awful pre-season. So not to get carried away, but it is great to have those seven wins and or undefeated. And But also, I think this is a different side. I think we can pick real positives out of this because I think there's consistency. I think everyone that we do have Understands their role within the side and what they're doing. I think they all get. Uh, I thought sort of trust in Moyes as well, where he's taken us. But similar to you, like, I suppose one other thing that I would take from uh, the friendlies, Antonio's looked like a proper forward. His yep. finishing, his finishing's been great. Uh, yes, he's, he's bullied people again. But obviously, we do need backup, we need support for Antonio because I'm not, I don't think for one moment he's going to get through the whole season. No. And if that, if you're just thinking we haven't even got, say we didn't have Europe, You, we would still need at least a couple of backups for Antonio. I think, think right. Europe, course,
0: I think you're right. I think you're right. There's, there's a, a few things to say. I think, you know, David Moyes is clearly stressed and he's been doing quite a few interviews today and he's clearly stressed the way that we ended the season. And he's, he, and the, the clear impression he's got is he's got, a, he's got the team playing how he wants it to play. I appreciate there's no Jesse Lingard. So he's obviously going, well, fair enough. We've, we've actually got better players. I think anyone would agree. I think you know, one of the things that people talk about when we're talking the transfer market is that David Moyes is clearly an improver of players. Yeah. And I think that's really important. And potentially, you would argue, should make West Ham a reasonably attractive place to come. You've seen what he's done with now, for example. He's a, a hugely better player under, under, you know, under, under Davey Moyes. So, I mean, that's the first thing. The second thing is you talked about Conor Coventry. It may well be that we are going to bring in some younger players, which let's be fair, at any different time of the season, we're always calling on that. You know, we always want to see younger players coming through. And you look at some of the sort of the young players that are featured in this, the, other, the fellow he bought from Celtic, is it Oco Flex, isn't it? Yeah, um, yeah. Thierry Neves, who's brought in as well. Now, you know, as far as I can see, they may well be part of that. And as you say about Coventry, um, Jamal Baptiste in, at the back. Yeah, you, Baptiste, yeah. And know, o- Odubeku, mate, you know, he's, he, he was on the bench, I think, something like 15 times last season. Well, at some stage, he's going to have to come on and play. And as you say, I think our mutual friend, all of our mutual friend George Mann points out that um, Mikel Antonio averages something like 22 games a season or something. Or no, Exactly. So we, so we know that and we've got the added burden of the Europa League. The transfer window isn't over yet for a start. But certain players are going to, come, we've already seen Ben Rama beginning to flourish mm. in the way that, we, that we've, we've wanted him to see. And the only other thing I'd say about the transfer window as well, and I get it, I get that everyone's a bit miffed that, you know, there was a joke knocking around on Twitter today that apparently we turned down signing Messi because he refused to play in goal. You know, which, you know, which is sort of um and, and you, but you know there nobody's had a brilliant transfer. If you take out Man City and obviously the clubs with ridiculous pockets, I just listened to an hour on Talk Sport earlier today of Arsenal and Tottenham fans arguing with each other about who had the worst transfer window <laughs> and who's gonna finish below the other one. I mean, yeah. all I'm saying is we're not alone here, are we? Yeah, yeah.
2: No, and I think you know you you obviously judge the window uh, once once it's closed, um, and Moyes has got um, sort of form for doing business um, quite late on, and 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 it might be shrewd in in the case of um, the window in terms of the club's financial situations and the way it's gone. It might be shrewd to to wait um, uh, this time around anyway. Um, I think the one side we're about, I think the goalkeeper's good. I think I yeah, that good position, that's a good yeah. signing. The right yeah. age, Fabianski, you know, retiring from international football today, um, probably only got a season or two at the, at the top level left in him. Um, so that feels like a transitional signing. is going to be someone who, who you, he's going to be your 1st choice goal, goalkeeper potentially for, for a few years to come. So, you know, that, that makes sense. You can't argue with that one um if this Milanovsky uh guy comes um is it oh, Milankovic, 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 Milankovic. Milankovic, um guy comes uh, again, my italian uh source tells me he's really good um so that would that would be that would be a handy signing in a position where we definitely need reinforcement, but i think you're right the crucial thing is you know, i think it would be madness to go into the season again, with just Antonio as your as your frontline striker. Bowen came on and played centrally, um, and clearly they see him perhaps as moving to a more central role with more game time for Ben Rama this season, who has looked good, and I think we'll see a lot more of Ben Johnson this season as well, yeah. and possibly in a slightly more advanced position mm. in his case as well, maybe mm. playing playing on, uh, on, on the right and further up the field. Um, just, just but even so... It would be madness to
0: just, not some. sign someone. I, I take that. I, but on the Antonio situation, the kind of strikers that we would like to be linked with, I mean, Tammy Abraham was one, wasn't he? And there's Bellotti as well. Are they really going to, you know, whatever, even if he only does play 20-odd games a season, Mikel Antonio is going to be our number one striker. So you, it's quite a niche market that we're then going for. Mm. For a player who's willing to come to West Ham, not to be the first choice, you know, so that's going to limit sometimes our, our, the extent of our ambition, which is why I keep thinking, I'm hoping there is this master plan that some of those young players who've had plenty of association with the first team might be where we go for that. And it may be that Antonio doesn't play in the... Oh, well, you wouldn't expect the him Europe. to play in the League yeah. Cup. Yeah, or I don't know. Yeah, you might... Mm. Maybe, but I can't believe he wouldn't play in the Europa League, but, you know, you would think... It, you know, the, I'm saying is there must be some, uh, there, there has to be some other plan there because David Moyes is looking, as far as we can see, to strengthen the back. He's strengthened the goalkeeper. Milenkovic is a central defender. You know, Zuma they're talking about as well. It seems mm. to be he's saying let's let's shore that up, and there has yes. to be something else going on. Mm-hmm. And it might be the Bowen thing. It may be Ben Rama, It may be we're attacking wider. You know, it could be those things. But obviously Moyes knows as well as we do that he's not 38 games plus Europa League. Uh, you know, plus the League Cup, is he?
1: I think you're right, Mark. And I think that uh, it's an attractive uh, proposition for a player to come to West Ham thinking, well, they've only got Antonio up front. If I get a chance and I will get a chance because of the amount of games West Ham, hopefully are going to play. And we'll spend a long time on this European tour. You're going to get a chance. And if you back yourself, if you're confident, you come in and you back yourself to score gold, you're going to stay in the side, and he mm. does. And if you look at the way Moyes does improve players, and we're seeing it already, Ben Rama, I think he he made what made a real difference for Ben Rama was playing with Lingard last season. I think that that must have helped him. And just seeing him in pre season, he looked he looks he looks different class. Mm. The goal that he scored mm. against Brentford is brilliant, but just his all all round play has been great. So I think if you can, I think. West Ham have a story. like David Moyes has got a story. We've got a strong history and a story to tell. And now there's a clear, I think, and we'll get onto this. I'm sure we talk about the Euros and the way Gareth Southgate um, led the England team. And I see that with Moyes. He, there's a real belonging. You, under, you see that from last season. Everyone feels part of the team and part of the club. And I think that's quite attractive to want to be part of that. You can't be, unless you're English, you can't be uh, play for England, but you can come to West Ham.
0: And I suspect that's also a big factor, Mark, in, in why... I don't think it's been that seriously mooted that Declan Rice was going to go this season. I think no. there's a kind of feeling that, you, going back to your story point, Mark, that actually West Ham have gone from being relegation contenders to being genuinely Europa League, not because we, you know, lost a cup final or mm. committed fewer fouls than anyone else over the course of a season. We're in there on merit, and I think with you know that's a really big factor in why someone why Declan Rice will think I'm going to give this another season. Mm. Yeah. Um, you know, and I want to be part of that. But I take your point about you will get a chance as a striker. But I just think if you'll say Tammy Abraham, who, who isn't going to feature for Chelsea, you're not really want going to go somewhere and say, I'm really not going to feature for them. For all we know, Antonio, you know, could last the whole season. I know it's... but. So it may not happen. That's my that's my point. I think if you're leaving a club because you're not getting a chance, why then go to a club when you know you're going yeah. to be number
1: two? I get that, but I think there's a man... To, a lot of people talk about goalkeepers and the mentality goalkeepers I are think you, you, a, you, man, as a, you as a goalkeeper <laughs> yourself? That's what, yeah. But I think, as a forward, you've got to have a mentality of confidence and that I'm better than him, I can go in, and if I get a chance, I'm going to get in that side. So, and I think there's no, if you're thinking that you want to play in the Premier League and you're going to West Ham, West Ham has got one, not, and he's not even a stri- he wasn't always a striker. Mm, mm. He's a, a makeshift. He's been turned into a brilliant striker. Mm. I love him to bit, mm. but we have one. That's got to be, you've got to think, I've got a chance there. I've got a chance to get in, into that side and play regular Premier League football. And he gets injured. I mean, let let uh, let's put it another way.
2: We haven't replaced Lingard, mm. so mm. I mean, we are we are we are one man down in the attacking third of the field. Whatever happens, so you know, in the ideal world, I would say we need two there. We need another um, two. Uh, Attackers. I mean, call them what you want. I mean, you know, the distinction between attacking midfield and striker is is, is increasingly blurred in modern football, yep. isn't it? Um, I I would be. I, I, I take on board all, all that you say, but I would like to think that someone, you know, a striker worthy sort would come to West Ham, look at it, and at club, and say, "Well, okay, they've got Antonio, but I'm going to prove I'm better than him, and I'm going to get in the team." Ryan Mark has just suggested. I mean. Uh, the downside was the really worrying downside of, of all this. And I, as I say, I'm not, I'm not certainly not hitting the panic button yet. But um, is I just hope this season that we don't see hanging on to our to that kind of top six to eight um, league position as the be all and end all. Because we've got a good side. We've got the best side as a team that we've had in a long, long while. And it, it, it's the, you know, we really genuinely do have a team that on its day could probably be at just about anyone. And therefore, it's a side that could win a cup, that could no, win sorry, something. I'd love that. Um, I'd love that. And I would be really, really disappointed if we took a very pragmatic approach to just league position and didn't really go balls out to, to, to win something. And I think the way to keep Rice here beyond. Another season would be to win something. I mean, if he, if, I, I, I think it's a different proposition. If, it, if at the end of the season he's, lift, he's lifting the FA Cup or something, uh, um, you know, I, th- I think, I think, that would be a, such a signal um, to send.
0: I think, and right.
2: I, my fear is that I think we might take that slightly more pragmatic approach: play the youngsters in the League Cup, uh, you know, uh, possibly even the FA Cup as well. Uh, if we don't take Europe seriously, I, th- I think there really will be rumblings of discord. I think that is. So I think it's a risky thing because we're building something. Moyes is definitely building something, a team that you would obviously want to be part of. It's playing quite attractive football, it's certainly playing successful football. Um, it's got a togetherness. I don't think we want <clears throat> huge numbers of players just for the sake of it. But we do need, I think, as he said on Talksport Stage, isn't it? We need two or three in. We've got to get who are quality, good enough to play in the first team. I mean, I, mm. I, I, I think it's vital
0: and create competition. But Absolutely. you know, that was that was his argument with you bringing in the goalkeepers, wasn't it? To say, right, we've got real proper competition there. Um, you know, and and that makes an awful lot of sense. He, he was he was he was questioned on the two or three, wasn't he? Because and what he then said was he slightly backtracked and said because of the last three that we bought in have done really well. So yes. I think he didn't want to be a hostage to Fortune. The danger, no. exactly, you're absolutely right, Jim, because the danger is that we end up falling short in all departments. So yes. we losing our place in Europe. You know, we, we finish ninth or something, which I, you know, a couple of years ago would have loved. We get knocked out early on in the Europa League. And as you say, because we're playing a weakened team in the other cups, and we end up kind of just having muddled through. And, you're, and going back to Mark's point about a story, there is a story. There's an upward story at the moment with West Ham. And it would and you're right. And if it was to say, okay, let's prioritize okay, let's go for the cups. We're in three cup competitions. We've already got the Betway Cup. That's done. That's, that's, that's in the cabinet. We've secured it again. Um, you know, if it was prioritise the cups, then you know, great. But obviously what we don't want to end up is kind of a wishy washy season and then the, the, the story, the narrative changes about West Ham again. Yes. Look, look, they got close again, didn't they? Look, couldn't follow it through
2: and that that is such a story <clears throat> we've been over mm-hmm. this ground in previous mm-hmm. podcasts but you know we just have a, a a long track record of not building on good seasons um so the, the you know the first season that you know um uh, in, the, in the new stadium in, in the new stadium was yeah. it was a disastrous window um failure to build on on the good team that rednap created uh, failure to build on 85 86 you know um, 1980. 1980, yeah, 81. That promotion team, you know, didn't really get get invested in. Um, back you, know, you can go, you can go back as far well as you like. Yeah. A lack of a lack of amb- ambition, a lack of recognizing that there are times when you speculate to accumulate that you that you you've got. Luckily, you've got the manager that, you, that you've got rid of once back in who really really is the business. Mm. Um, he's created that team spirit. You've got something going. I know the financial situation is is different to what it was, you know, even a year ago. But even so, I think you've, you've just got to, you've got to back him now. Um, oh, cool definitely. Yeah. Uh, it'll be. A, I. I. You know, there will be a real rumblings of discontent if uh, uh, if he isn't. You know, if we get to the end of this window and it, and it's we draw another blank, it's another. Do you remember that one where we were chasing backer all summer, or you know, mm. some of that? We've had some you know, really, really disappointing, um, you know, windows in the past. So I hope that's not repeated. Um, I think we'll be incredibly lucky to stay as injury-free as we did last season another time. Um, Obviously, things have improved in terms of the physio and and training and whatever. I think that's all part of the boys' package, actually. But, you know, nevertheless, uh, luck plays a part in injuries, doesn't it? Look at Liverpool last season, you know, so... um,
0: it was, anyway. two, it was two two key injuries that probably prevented us getting those two extra points and being in the Champions League, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, in the end, yeah. The, Decl- yeah. the Declan and the uh, Antonio, you know. The... Yeah, mm.
2: yeah,
0: I think that's probably true, you
2: know. Um, yeah. and, 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 I, you know, I think whatever level, we're, we're not going to have someone who's going to be another Declan Rice willing to sit on the bench in West Ham. We don't expect that necessarily. But I think it, certainly at Stryker, you, you could you you could you could get a proven top top class goal scorer in, I'm sure, who would want to and, and maybe someone with a bit of ambition who's who's more up and coming. But you know
1: signing uh, the goalkeeper, he's top class. And he's yeah, yeah. number one. So that yeah. just shows you you can bring in a top class keeper who actually or a top class player, this has to be a keeper who backs himself that when I'm in the side, I'm gonna be now the number one. So I think it can happen, but you're right. Last season, we were great first seven, maybe 12, but we were quite paper thin, and that hasn't changed, has it? We've got an abundance of right-backs, I'd say, probably, with Ben Johnson, the way he's now shaping up. Left-back, we need desperate, really, I'd say, for sort of left-back. Um, and then it is um, a centre-back and um, midfielder and two more attacking players. But you would hope you would trust, like you were saying, Mark, um, that there is a plan with Moyes. I don't think if it wasn't Moyes there, uh, we wouldn't be saying that.
0: I agree. I don't think they would. Have, they would have they wouldn't be able to find the draw with the plans in. Um, mm. the, the great. I mean, <laughs> the great and as we've spoken before on the podcast, is is, is uh, that David Moyes' record is fantastic. Actually, when you think of the players that he's brought in, and therefore, when you when I see people on Twitter going, "Why haven't we signed?" Danny Ings or whatever, um, and I think well, it, you know, clearly they're not. You know, they're aware of what Danny Ings can do. So maybe for whatever reason, whether it's age, whether it's how he's going to fit in, they will do their homework in a way that perhaps we haven't. Previous West Ham regimes haven't done. How
2: much did uh, how much did Villa pay for Ings? Uh,
0: I don't know actually. I think
2: it's about twenty-five million. Yeah, I was going to say
0: I thought plus twenty-five plus million mm-hmm.
2: around I, I think the same people if we bought Danny Ings twenty-nine. Knocking on thirty, yeah. uh, with again, you know, uh, not a hundred percent clear record of it, uh, clear of injuries in the in the past. I think they'd probably complain as, as well, you know. Um, so
0: completely, yeah. That's so what thing. I'm saying is, it's not like they won't, have, as they say in tabloids, run the rule over. Absolutely, yeah. You know, they will have they will have done their homework, and yes. and you think well, and, and as I said, we, I think we just we've got to say, look at his track record and say, well, if, there'll be something out there. And if it isn't now, it'll, hopefully it'll be in January.
2: I think the whole process is less leaky than it, than it used to be. You know, there there, there aren't all these uh, in the know, mm. people all over all over the uh, social media who, who are being fed tidbits of information. It's obviously a tighter... Shift in terms of what gets leaked in in terms of the business that's being done, you know? So, you know, I mean, even, um, even Ariella's medical happened on the day before everyone said it was going to happen, yeah. didn't they? So, on the, uh, yeah. so, you know, I, I, and I like that in a way it's, it's frustrating as a fan because you, because you can, you know, you, you're sitting in the, someone waiting for the season to begin and, and wanting yeah. those snippets of news and, and, and so on. But, um, I think it's better for the club. And,
0: and and the climate as it stands, when there aren't many deals being done, you've got a whole bunch of Fleet Street hacks in a very febrile atmosphere feeding on every little scrap. So actually maybe we've discovered a bit of professionalism, which is yeah. which, which is nice. Yeah. And you're
1: hoping we'll get another fee check or fee That I've never heard of them. So I'd be quite disappointed if, if, I, if someone asked me, I think someone said, who would you like? I'm like, well, I don't know. Yeah. That's not my I mean, job. I'm a fan. Yeah. I don't know who I want, but if you yeah. can give me a two-check and a two-fowl. Yeah.
0: I'll have a couple like them.
1: I'll have a couple like <laughs> them, please.
0: Any more of those?
2: Yeah. <laughs> so, um, looking ahead to, you know, to the start of the season, Newcastle coming up, uh, Leicester City the first home game, and then uh, Crystal Palace, those are the August games. Um, Crystal Palace is going to be a very new look. Crystal Palace isn't it Uh, in a a number of ways difficult one to gauge I think that um uh, is the start of this season going to be affected by do you think so many teams have got particularly the big teams have got players coming back from what was a very uh for many of them sort of hot and intense um European championships
0: yeah, well there was there is a theory, isn't there, that actually this is if, if you're gonna want if you're gonna play Man City or Man United, let's mm-hmm. or Chelsea, let's play them in those first couple of games when they've got so many players coming back from international duty. Mm-hmm. And if you remember last season we had Newcastle on the opening day, and I think the next six games were against big proper you know, no disrespect to Newcastle, yes. but real big teams, and we thought if we get get a couple, you know, get three points against Newcastle on the opening day, it takes the pressure of us, and of course we lost it. Um, so you know, I, I, I think that um, Leicester should be in very good shape by and yeah. large. We know yeah. they are, you know, um, and you know, so they're going to be fine. I think you know, Palace have a, have a stickability about them. I think Vieira will be an interesting regime.
2: Yeah, but it's going to be interesting. Um, yeah, but mm. I'm
0: more disappointed because our record against Newcastle, even last season, we've just been talking about one a magic season we had. We lost to him twice.
2: Yeah. Yes, incredible.
0: Mm. You know, I about, that's think quite embarrassing think. me on the opening day and we shot ourselves in yeah. the foot, you know, towards the end of the season. How, did, I, yeah. I don't know, how many other teams did the double overs last season? It won't be many, will it?
2: Oh, I don't know. I don't know. I'm going to have a
0: little. Keep talking. I'm going to yeah. have a little... <laughs> so that I kind of that, bother, that, it, that bothers me a little bit because we, our record, yeah. we did well against Leicester's last season. So that's you know fantastic. But we it, we do seem to have a bit of a problem with you, cause in you because it's in the Premier League era, and you can tell. I looked this up. We've only beaten them four times at St James's since 1993. Um, you know, we our record and our record isn't fantastic against them at home either. They seem to be. There are similarities, aren't they? You've got rumbling discontent with the fans. You've yeah. got rumours of a takeover. You know, in the background, the fans are also cheesed off at lack of transfer activity. I mean, you want to if you think we're getting angry about not signing Milinkovic, go and look on Twitter and see how Newcastle fans feel about the Joe Willock saga. You yeah. know. So, there are a lot of similarities. I know oh, one, yeah. one, of, one of the Newcastle websites said, as of Monday, there were still eight thousand unsold tickets at St James's. You know, That's so brilliant. so that there's wow. there's you know I, I well, they're, think, they're, this is a regime. They're, you not, want, yeah. so they're not they're not as in love with their side or no. their regime. You know, mm. So, but you still think I just think Newcastle will turn us over yeah. because they just always do.
1: Yeah. They're not a million miles away from where we were stand and probably we're not still out of that yet. We're not happy with the owner. They're not playing. They're not happy because they're not playing scintillating football under Bruce. They're not happy with Bruce. So you're, you're exactly right, Mark. They're not, there's lots of similarities, uh, in that club. And actually it doesn't surprise me probably that they haven't, they've got still 8,000 tickets that they haven't sold. Um, so I think you're right. I think they're in a very similar uh, similar situation. But ma- um, God, I'm hoping we do with it, obviously. But it's, it's sometimes where they put us, where we're so far away. Yes. The away
0: fan. It's, it's a great view of the time bridge. It's just <laughs> somebody say it's about a quarter of a mile away from the centre spot if you're in the. Back road, is, which I was long. a couple of years ago. The one yeah. difference, Mark, though, is you highlight there is that their discontent runs through the managerial side of things and ours doesn't. Yes, that's where we change. That, that yes. is a crucial difference. Our mm. discontent starts in the boardroom. It doesn't mm. get as far as the touchline when you're looking at, you mm. know, Kevin Nolan and Stuart Pearce and yeah. all never But it wasn't
1: far away from that. I, I, I agree. When Allardy, I agree. when there was all the rumblings about football and the owners at that point, I suppose at that point we hadn't left uh, Upton Park, Um but so I can see lots of similarities. In what's happened and the sort of disenchantment for the fans there that we we can all uh, resonate with, can't we? Mm. Their pace is a worry for us, isn't it? I think that that's. I, I think we can we
2: can hurt them. Um, and I think particularly if if Rice and Suchak are, are sort of back and, uh, and and ready to go, we'll probably be able to to, to dominate in midfield. But They've, they've they've just got when um, Sir Maximan came on in that um, ridiculous game. I mean, the away game last season was 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 absurd, wasn't it? There's an appalling kind of defensive how there's Dawson getting sent off, um, but they brought Sir Maximan on, didn't they? And he, you know, he was he was. I, he was absolutely mustard when when he came on, but we, we we clawed our way back into that. Don't forget. We did. We... But,
0: but the other thing was that, that in the context of our form leading up to that game at St James's at the end of last season, that was a bizarre half for us. Up until you know yes. we were having such a good run of playing mm. decent football. You know we were tight at the back. We could we, we were interchangeable with the central defence, and that was all. That was all looking really good, and that's why it was such a a jaw dropper that first half. Is, where's yeah. this come from? We suddenly yes. look like we look like West Ham from last season. Not, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, um, I agree. Context.
2: Yeah, Fabianski very uncharacteristic error, wasn't it? Um, it was. You know, it was. It was. Yeah, you know. So it was a bit freakish in a way. I think. Th- yeah, they are a bit of a bogey team, but I would make us slight favourites for this personally. Um, in answer to your earlier question, I think they were. Three teams that did uh, other well, than Newcastle, uh, well, uh, Manchester, Manchester United, uh, of course, Chelsea, and Liverpool. Uh, right, okay, so yeah. Well, you know, uh, <laughs> it's a fairly standard yeah uh, you know, uh, set of three teams you, you you might expect to have to do the double over. That Newcastle definitely falls into the gas grid.
0: Sure. I mean, the way to look at that is it means that 15 teams didn't do the double us, and that's I think quite, that's right. Yeah, I think that's yeah, what yeah, we need to concentrate yeah. on. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah. Well, hopefully, take some points off the big boys. This uh, that would be that would be a, a good way of improving. I think we were very very good against teams below us last last season on the whole. The, the exceptional. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, uh, and yeah. Ben Rama, you know, feels feels as though he's kind of really ready to to, to, to let fly. Hopefully, he can re- reproduce that preseason form in in these first few league games and. Uh, We'll, you know, we won't be worried as, as, as worried anyway Do we, as do we are we, at the moment
0: about... Do we, do we, we gonna... think, the return, I know we talked about 7,000 potentially empty seats at St James's. I'm sure they will, it won't be anything like that by the time we get off to kick-off. Do we think the full house again uh, is going to make any difference? Because clearly our season was fantastic last season with the exception of a few thousand when you were there, Mark, for the Manchester United game. And I was there for Southampton at the end there. And, Jim, I know you were as well. Mm. But with that exception, that season was conducted pretty much behind closed doors. And so, that's... uh
2: noises off.
0: Yes, So, you know, do we think that's going to make a difference with, you know, full houses again? <sighs> I'm talking about fans' reaction you,
2: yeah. on the Stockhammertime Time website. Start, isn't it? You know, we yeah,
0: we talked about the Neve and, you know... Yeah. There's, there's, we talked about the change of atmosphere, uh, you know, that could have happened. Have we been, um, you know, had we had four houses in those early games? We lost the first one to Newcastle, you know, the mood could have been different, you know, but, but there were no fans there. What do we think?
2: Ah, it's so hard to tell. I, I I'm, I think, um, I, I'm sure it will make some kind, of, some kind of difference, but I, I think it's very difficult to predict because, um, yeah. I think I think that we all agree we will agree that the atmosphere at the new ground at times has been has been quiet and and a little bit you know lacking but then again some of the what's been served up on the pitch has been less than dynamic and I think Phil you know to be fair to you, right right from the start when we made that move said you know it's a it's a stadium which you have you you know the team has got to play
0: mm-hmm. a high
2: tempo brand of football that's got to have that, that the team's got to bring the intensity, and I think we have the team to do that. And I think um, uh, I th- a lot depends on how these 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 early games go. Um, and there is a level of expectation, but I think I don't think it's that kind of sit back. oh, come on, impress us. I'm looking to be, I'm looking to be uh, you know discontent at the first opportunity kind of expectation. I think the fans want to see this team that they've watched on the telly. I think they appreciate. The kind of work race of players like Formouse and Suchek and Rice, and I think you know, th- there's it's such a wholehearted blood and guts team as mm. well as having a bit of footballing ability
1: that I, 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 yeah, I think they've got the capacity to to get the crowd that, yeah. going. Um, that really frustrates me from last year. I think the one thing that obviously we'll sat, sat together, times we've sat together all watching it on Zoom. And um, what I, what really sort of hurt me was uh, people say, "Oh, West Ham doing well because they they're not having to yeah. play with West Ham fans there." Mm. And I don't think that's true. With this particular side, I really enjoyed. I, I quite enjoyed last season, and uh, well, I really enjoyed watching this last season, and quite enjoyed. Uh, really enjoyed the Zoom um, chats as well, and but I'm really looking forward to going back. Uh, going back, but this is a side, as you say, Jim, that will really get behind, um, get behind this team, totally. Yeah. And I think on the last podcast I was on, uh, I talked about the research I was doing about home advantage. And there's a piece that I've written uh, about home advantage is more about actually being aware of your surroundings rather than the crowd. I think yeah. a lot more too much of the onus is played on crowd influence on results. And we've seen that because initially when I think uh, Reading uh, University did uh, quite a bit of research on this, that uh, the first few weeks there was a spike uh, in the change of home advantage, but then it levelled out back to where it was before. So home advantage came back home and it's more about being aware of your surroundings and familiarity, understanding where you are in the change room, when you get the ball, not having to look up, um so I think there's a lot of things that aren't happening with design of football stadiums, like Tottenham just designed their new football game and what they did create a new COP or Wall of Town. But we've played a season without a season of it without crowds and home advantage still exists. So I think they've not played that. Um so it, so knowing that bit of research and the work that I've been doing as well, it does hurt me when uh, I hear people say to me, West Ham did well because you weren't there. That's
0: not, yeah, that's, that's not true. That was, You know, that that wasn't what I was suggesting. Yeah. I just, you know, I, I just meant things like, you know, when the heads go down and sometimes that mood around the London yeah. Stadium yeah. can change. Yeah. um, And I think the early part of the season, it did favour us a little bit. I think that that, that was behind. I'm also thinking about, you know, the, the fantastic away support that we've got and the noisy away support yeah. that we've got. They, they, again, you know, they, we did pretty well away from home last season. Obviously, we did pretty well full stop. But I think, you know, the, the, the sound of, you know, how often do you watch it on the telly if you're not lucky enough to get a ticket and all you can hear is West Ham fans? Uh,
2: yeah, I mean, right. I, I, yeah. I, it is great. And I, it's one of, you know, one of the great joys of my life is going away with West Ham. And uh, the, the away falling is fantastic. I, I totally agree. Um, I went to the game at Brentford. And I'm going to touch on this briefly, but, but because I, I, I put a little post on, I very rarely post on our Facebook group, our Associated Stockhamers Facebook group. Um, but I did put a little post because, you know, I just shared this thing about supporting the, the players taking the knee. And I thought it was a very uncontroversial post because I just pointed out that, um, you know, there were one or two people who, who, and it was only a few, but they were quite loud, who booed our team when they, Took the knee at Brentford, including the bloke right behind me and my my daughter, who was very vociferous in his abuse. It wasn't just booing; he was abusing them. um And uh I thought, I was this is fairly uncontroversial, but it turned into quite a quite a threat actually. And, and, and I, surprisingly, a few, you know, again a minority, thankfully, but a few people who were willing to sort of say, well, yeah, they will boo uh, when and. Um, I wonder about just touching on. Really, I only raised it because of what you said, Mark. Because I, I think if 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 the first thing they hear at away grounds is a load of people booing them when they take the knee, I, I don't think they are going to feel very supported, to be honest. No. Um, mm. And I, I really hope it's something that just kind of dies away as the, as the season goes on and 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 everybody gets behind them a little bit and. Just try and drown out the booers, really.
0: Yeah, I agree. I mean, from my experience, um, was at the Southampton game. Again, Jim, I know you were there as well. And um, there was a very pointed cheer and round of applause around yes. us. The moment they did it, it was as if to say, and, and to be fair, no one in our little section, as far as I could see, booed. although I clearly heard people had clearly done it. And I, I, I completely agree with you. And it is utterly absurd. And there can be no excuse now for anyone saying it's political because it isn't, right? There's no, mm. Everyone has made that clear now. Mm. West Ham players have made that clear. West Ham, the club, have made it clear. Mm. Um, you know, Michel Antonio has talked about it. Mark Noble has talked about it. Mm. That, that this is something about solidarity. And I, and I urge people to have a look at the little video that Shaka Hislop, um, in his role as president of Show Races and the Red Card, has put up online today... Um, You know, obviously, you know, a hammer great, you know, a former hammer. Um, And it's brilliant. He says it's about players sticking up for other players. They're the ones who take the abuse. And if they feel that for five seconds to take a respectful gesture like that, if they, you know, it's one thing to go, you know, what I don't, it's it's a bit overused now and uh, it's, oh, I don't know what, it's not really changing anything. And I hear people say that actually it's a way of, Absolving clubs and authorities of doing something yeah. about it—all of those may be entirely fair arguments. So shut up for five seconds. Absolutely, it. let yeah, me do it. Exactly, totally.
2: Yeah, that was my point. I put on the post. You know, I, I think it's of course you have every right to disagree disagree with them. You might not, you know, um, but you don't have the right, I think, to disrespect them in that way. Um, you know, I think it's just a question of being polite as much as anything else, isn't it? Yeah, you know, exactly. um, in the same way as we don't expect people to 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 you know boo and shout and jeer when we're having a, a minute silence for for um, you know a player of another club or, or who's died or or, or anything Absolutely like that. Right. It's just it's just it's any any gesture which is being taken which is being done with with sincerity and with a sense of of um, what's the right word but a sort of sense of of, of purpose and, and ceremony about it. Just just deserves a little bit of respect. It seems to me, I don't, whether or not you agree with it or not, it's not the point. Actually, well,
1: well, and that's know. what it is about, isn't it? It's about equality. Yeah. It's about respect, and it's about being anti-racist. And that's what it's about. And it's about respecting that. And yeah. the players are diverse. And I think in what again, like if we ever going to speak about Euros, but. Um, Gareth Southgate's open letter was brilliant. His oh, leadership, wonderful, wonderful yeah. letter. Clearly, yeah. oh my God, as a leader, I think a lot of people, and I think we know we might be talking about, could learn from him uh, about um, how to run a club, how to uh, actually bring people with you, and actually explain why our players are taking the knee. And the England side were representative. Of a diverse country, England. They agree. are the most representative of this country. Yeah, and you, you could have the you, Olympics team
2: to that, can't you? The whole oh, summer well, of the sport has yeah. been a celebration of what, what, what a modern, forward-thinking, you know, diverse nation we 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 mm. are, we, we are yeah. to a certain extent, and can be, you know. Um, and it's year, just a years different years vision, unfortunately, to a lot of. You know, the right-wing media and and our politicians, I'm afraid.
0: Anyway. uh, Well, part of my, just one just brief point on that. In my previous incarnation when I used to work for Five Lives uh, as a um, a, a news editor, one of my jobs used to be to go and cover England games uh, from the point of view of the fans, which meant, you know, clearly meant things like violence, you know, uh, hooliganism, whatever, but it was Mm. to cover that side of it. I wasn't there to cover the games and over several years of doing that my love of the england team or you know went down even though it's no fault of the players because of the kind of sum that minority and a decent minority it was you know, I, I could not get behind an England team that kind of, you know, that, that, that were represented by people like that. And I think fair play to the work of the Football Supporters Association. But this Gary Southgate team is a team I felt absolutely comfortable with. Uh, probably, you know, I felt yeah. this, was a, um, this was a kind of version of modern England. This wasn't, this was not This was saying, I love my country, which doesn't mean I hate yours. And yeah, I thought yeah. that was, a, that was yeah. a really, really important fact. And 17 of that squad could have played for someone else. But well, they chose mm. to play for England. Yes, mm. I think that's it, yeah.
2: Yeah, mm. and, they were, and they were good. <laughs> the,
0: yes, yeah, yeah, that's, that's the
2: other thing, thing. yeah. <laughs> <So> it's <just laughs> it's been an old-fashioned idea. since 1966, mm. so, uh, yeah.
1: yeah. Oh, so, so enjoyable to watch, really enjoyable. I've got the, because I read, um, there's a couple of bits I was reading around uh, Gav Southgate, and he gave each of the players a book called Belonging by Owen Eastwood, Um It's great and it just talked about when Owen Eastwood worked with Gareth Southgate and again talking about, you mentioned earlier, talking about a story and what was us, what brought us all together. Then he did some research into the three lions, where that came from and it was obviously uh, Richard, well not obviously, but Richard the Lionheart first in 1197 but what then he also found that uh, the lion also was meaningful in Africa and Asia So actually, it was about uh, a united. It was more now reflective of all the players. That three lines didn't just mean um, King Richard. This is about other people that have come to this country and supported this country. So there's a really nice piece of work uh, right. to bring a team together.
0: And, and you, you think of this current West Ham team is diverse, from different nations, different backgrounds, different religions and all that kind of thing, and 50,000 of us get there every other week and support them. But for some people, for the five seconds that they take the knee, we don't support them. Right.
2: Yeah, it makes no sense. It's nuts. Anyway... Um, what did you make about our, our boys in the um, in the Euros, the West Ham players in the Euros? Because I, I, I was sort of rooting for the Czech Republic until we had to play them, um, and I thought, um, you know, Suvan was just 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 same old same old wasn't it just just you know uh, those, fantastic those,
0: engine those memes commitment. that went those memes that went round after kufel just followed jack Grealish around for <laughs> what felt like about four hours and there was that great one of the guy Grealish looking in his rear view mirror yeah, 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 yeah and there's and there's kufa that's the way he played throughout the euros wasn't it you know he's just yeah. he he's relentless and, yes. and, you know, and, and always on the right side of it, as far as I can see as well. You know, there's nothing, yeah. you know, there's nothing rough about him in that respect. Tough, yes. Um, I agree with you. I thought those two were fantastic. And, and Yarmolenko, actually. Again, yeah,
2: well, yeah. And actually, I yeah. think Yarmolenko played, Stayed all right
0: on cracking uh, goal. Uh, in the first game. Uh,
1: yeah, it's great game. A
0: that, that classic
1: play. goal, a classic
0: yeah, young yeah, goal. Yeah, because yeah. yeah. apparently he likes to cut in on his left. <laughs> <laughs> no one knows that. <laughs> <laughs> You'd never know. Um, he's,
2: uh, you know, I think he's much. Reluctant. I think it's the fate very often of players who get and who get injured, who are and unlucky with injuries that they often get the fact that they're out with injuries um, and that. All players struggle coming back from injuries and so on often blights the way people people see them. Because I think when Yarmolenko first came into the side, he was a signing that a lot of West Ham fans were excited. Perhaps we got him a year or two just past his peak, but but we were quite excited about him. And he was terrific. I remember that game up at Evans Everton where he combined with An, An and scored twice. And um, you know, I thought, oh, this is a fantastic fantastic signing. And then he got that Achilles injury, didn't he? Um, I think it was against Manchester United, and they're really notoriously difficult injuries to to you know come back from. And actually, I thought he showed a lot of kind of energy and stamina in that in that um, European Championship, and, I, 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 and he looked all right on. Him. So, mate, you know, who knows? I, I don't I don't suppose that his wages we're gonna he's going to see out his contract, isn't he? So. Yeah. Uh, hopefully I think seeing exactly Decl- that time, we get the best out
0: of him. I think seeing Declan and the um, and Thomas Suchek and Kufau, you know, talking after the game with such kind of great to see you. It just looked like three mm-hmm. mates who you know who went yeah. to this, who all went to the same school, but found themselves now playing for different clubs. On, you know, it was mm-hmm. it was just great seeing that kind of genuine, not a kind of little nod, see you later. Mm-hmm. It was real kind of what the hell are we all doing here? It's brilliant. Yeah. Right?
1: Yeah. And seeing him yeah. on the touchline, giving the cross hammers. Yeah. Great. Yeah. Together. Yeah, yeah, really good. And it was great with Team Rice. I thought he yeah. great. Really, it was great. Um, it was terrific. Um, oh, really and
0: good. I, and I think what he also did, thank goodness, even though it's not an issue, it's never been an issue for us. But again, all the keyboard warriors out there go, What exactly does Declan Rice do? Well, did you watch any of those games? Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. Well, and Phillips as well was terrific. As as at that double pivot in midfield, totally you right. know. Were, were were so good um mm. i felt and, and interestingly enough my so i i had to watch the final with my my italian friend luca my my um daughter's partner um it, it got a little bit tense in in places <laughs> but um uh, it was quite i'd watched all the italian games with him uh you know through the tournament as well so um i i i'd, I'd come to like that italian team um but the fact that they're, they're left that left-back, who was brilliant, was out, was a real... I thought, oh, we've got a chance that, with that. Mm-hmm. Um, he felt, I felt, that um, uh, he took the wrong midfielder off, took, took, took Rice off, and, and that was a mistake. And I, I felt we lost control of midfield after, yeah. after Rice went on.
0: We did, um, the only theory we could come up with, we were watching a big group, I was watching it with Mark as well, yeah. and... Um, in our group, the, the, you know, people were saying, well, there must have been some stats. There must have been something that showed that either he was tiring or they were, t- you know, whatever. Possibly. So you're right. You're right. It made no sense. And 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 we obviously are biased, but it made yeah. no
2: sense. Well, I, yeah, I mean, Luca's a bit of a West Ham fan now anyway, so maybe he's biased as well. But, I mean, I think he felt that worked out well for,
1: for Italy, really. Uh, they, did, they kept replacing him, though, didn't they? They kept, he was the option to come off. Yeah, Wasn't he? a number of games, uh, which I didn't, you yeah, know, I again quite a fight. I I didn't quite understand, but um, I thought again he really he cemented his place in that England side. He didn't feel because um, mm. oh God, I get nervous like watching uh, when it's like your son playing when I'm seeing Rice play, and then I suppose when it went to pens, there was a little bit of me that was. I was quite happy that Rice wasn't on there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because uh, not that I didn't think his score, but I didn't want to be put through that as well as yeah. a penalty yeah. shoot that, that invested.
0: I, I was in the um, I was in the stadium in South Africa when Robert Green conceded that goal against America. And oh I, dear! And and I get exactly as you say. I thought that that yeah. that, that, could, that could have been my son. And, yeah. and as much as we love Robert Green, he 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 isn't in our hearts in the way that Declan Rice is.
2: Mm. No, no no i i i that you know it was my fault because i i was watching it with um with with friends a uh, family liverpool fans and um they'd seen quite a bit of west ham um with me and uh we'd all agreed that you know green wasn't wasn't maybe the, you know the, the greatest goal club in the world but you know the one thing is it's really solid and very rarely made mistakes
0: <laughs> i know and I,
2: I i said that <laughs> as, as that game kicks off as it and uh you know but of course he'd only been told on the morning of the game he was playing wasn't he i mean yeah. i think you know we talk about professionalism and management and the way where yeah, she capello told him you know kept it secret how does that help a sportsman's psychology you know how does it yeah. you know, seems mm. crazy to me mm. to it's kind of kind of Play mind games
1: like that mm. with your own your own players. It was, uh, and that's what you think Gareth Southgate didn't do with the team. It, 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 uh, the number of players we're talking about, they all knew. Even if they weren't in the side, they all knew his decision. They were thought about when he was making his decision, and he always called out the players, didn't he? That didn't make it into the side. So he must he, he must be regretting. The bringing the subs
2: on for the penalties, though, because I think that was a managerial mistake, and I said that at the time. I said, "Don't think this is a sensible and idea," because Gr- Gr- I like... think you're coming into the, that pressure situation cold, no warm up, no blood, no adrenaline of the game running through you. I think that. I think he 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 sold those lads a hospital pass. And, I really do.
0: And leaving Grealish until the night, you know, two minutes into extra time. You know? Yeah.
2: Yeah, You know, it yeah. was as
0: if in that last 10 minutes, when actually I thought we were slightly the better team in that last 10 minutes, it was as if he yeah. was he was almost like he was going, you thought, that might have been the time. to, so, you know, it's one thing yeah. to take Declan Rice off if you're going to go for an adventurous, if you're yeah. going to say, right, okay, Declan, fantastic, we, we're going for broke, it's a final. So yes. come, come on, Jack, off you go, mate. You know, yeah. that, we, I think we'd have all taken that. It just felt like it was, well, let's try and get through. And then the masterstroke, bearing in mind everything we understood, You know, Chris Powell, in fact, I believe was part of the team. um, Another ex-Hammer who who was working with them about the psychology of penalties, about how some people don't want to be in that lineup on the halfway Mm. line because they they feel the fear. So they were going to have all of them were going to have their individual routines. And I must admit, I went into those penalties far less trepidation. I honestly thought Pickford. I genuinely thought, and I think Mark, you might recall me saying this. I thought Pickford would be great because yes. I just don't think he cares if you saw what I mean. I don't think that gets to him. I know he's had problems with his temperament. Mm. But then I thought, well, we're they, going to be all right here because they've worked mm. on these routines. And it was... It yeah,
1: was... and I think if it would have gone the other way, he would have been called a genius. Yes, and he, course, took
2: risk and he took responsibility for it and and did as much as he could to protect them. Um but you kind of presidents. knew what, what was yeah. going to happen when they when they missed in terms of the kind of response. But, you know, yeah. anyway, was it uh, was a brilliant in, tournament.
1: Yeah, there is precedence in other sports, isn't there? The American football, you bring on a kicker too. Yes, yeah. But it, we so. don't have that, but we don't have that. Yeah. We don't no, have I, that. Culture. I get that. I get that. Yeah, get that. yeah. And you know, We talked
0: about yeah. that throughout the tournament as well, didn't we? The stigma of being a substitute. In actual fact, what, what I mean is the stigma, the kind of you're not quite considered the best. Well, in rugby and other sports, they have finishers. You know, that's yes, yes, yes. You, yes, you yes. come so the, on the and you change the game.
2: on for the last yeah. two innings.
0: And, yeah. mm-hmm. you, you come and change the game. You, we, we've yeah. done our bit. We've got you here. Now you go and finish it, which yeah. is what yeah. I have looking yeah.
2: at. Um, nine substitutes allowed in the, uh, talking of um, uh, sort of rosters and things, uh, nine substitutes allowed on the bench this season. So you're allowed to, to lose three. Game. You're allowed to lose three, though. Plus but, concussion. Um, again, it's another, you know, <laughs> our bench is going to look, Thinner and thinner, isn't it? I think, you know, is another um, slight, just tiny advantage to the really big Bigger club, clubs course, with their yeah. big squads, just the options mm. to, to mm. kind of, you know, respond to, to the tactical shape of the game. But, um, you know, uh, it's, there is a kind of steady move, isn't there, towards, what, you know, concussion... Uh, protocols and whatever to it to i think football is heading towards becoming more of a squad game like a lot of other sports are i'm not sure i never necessarily want to see that i think these Mm. five substitute things um feel do disrupt the game a bit too much i've always felt that about rugby you know suddenly Mm. the entire world seems to be coming on you know at, at the 60 minute mark it's sort of kind of yeah. breaks the continuity and the flow of the, of but the if,
0: game. But if, if you're Man City, you know, and you've got nine on the bench, you want to give, I don't know, um, Bernardo Silva, you want to get sit him on the bench because it's close to being on the pitch and he'll come on, whoever it is. We'll know every single one of those nine players when they come and play us. We'll know every single one of them. And most of them will be worth about 35 million quid. Um in our case, this is a good opportunity for some of those young players we mentioned right at the beginning of this conversation. Here you are. You're associated with the match. You'll do the pre-match stuff. You may well play. You may not. Yeah. But, you know, this is a way of bringing you through. So it isn't that big, you know, it isn't the Robert Green on the morning you're suddenly playing. You've been part of this. You're part of the setup, And I also think that fits into the Moyes eth- ethos. Yes. You know, there's a, there's a big family of us going here. All right? yes. Some of you won't play. Uh, but, you know, you're going to be on the bench, you're going to be doing the warm-up in front of the crowd, you're going to experience yeah. the atmosphere, yeah. you know. Yeah. I, that, Fair enough. I think that could work in our favour.
2: Um, right. Well, Chaps, we've been talking a long time. So um, I think, uh, Mark, you and I, Mark Sandell, you and I both go into Newcastle, I believe.
0: Yes, well, um, um, and we'll we'll hoping to up. see you
2: there. Yep. Phil's coming with me. So
1: we'll be able to... I was to meant that to be that. going but oh. then i did i was meant to be going remark but then i did i forgot when i told my wife she reminded me it was my daughter's 80th birthday and oh. i couldn't change it
0: Jim, I, I just feel <laughs> Jim, i just feel some people are more committed to the cause yeah, that's I, all yeah. that's all i'm yeah. gonna say yeah
1: yeah, yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i did say to, kev said kev said to me so you're definitely definitely gonna come Definitely, i said Hundred percent, Kev. <laughs> Next day, Kev, uh, I can't
2: make it. If
1: I yeah.
2: Yeah, yeah. Oh well, I was going to make a full weekend of it, like you, Mark. But then, uh, I, I, yeah, my wife's visiting. A, I'm dog sitting and garden sitting basically on Saturday, so I'll have to drive up on the on the Sunday. Uh, predictions for that game, then? How do we feel?
0: I'm sorry, I, I did already say earlier. I just, I've, I've, um, me and Kev have been mates since the late 90s and we and we go to pretty much it. I've only missed a couple and they were the two that we won. I've never seen us win at St. James's Park. Okay. And sadly, I don't think that's going to change. So, but I will, I'll slightly revise it and I think I'll go for a one all. Okay. You weren't Mark, there
2: for the Lazaridis special.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well,
1: Mark, I think this is going to be your first victory that you're going to see at St. Jones's Park. I, I think 2-1 West Ham. Right.
2: I, I'm, just going to go. I, I'm going to go. I'm going to be bold. I think, I think we're going to beat them 3-1. There you go.
0: If, if, if Phil was here and he wasn't, you know, tied up with whatever, um, he'd probably go 4-1, wouldn't he? He'd go something. Yeah, he'd go something. The <laughs> It's quite often...
2: often he has this kind of claims of it, a kind of Mystic Meg claim because uh, he's come up with some sort of wild uh, predictions. about. But it's very often because he just goes last and everyone's taken the sensible scores
1: like 1-2-1. <laughs> so they go, oh, five. I, have lo- I, 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 I generally put money on whatever he says and I've lost a lot of money. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
2: my big coup last season, I called the three all at Spurs, which wasn't very, did, looking yeah. very good with eight minutes to go, was it? But there you go.
0: I anyway, think I think that's why they turned it around, Jim.
2: <laughs> well, anyway, thanks for joining me. This has been uh, the first Stop Hammer Time, what we hope will be another uh, great season. Uh, with me have been Mark Sandell. Good evening. And Mark Gower. Good night. And I'm Jim Grant. Cheerio. This is a Playback Media production. Get all the associated links for this podcast at westhampodcast.com.